Hey, welcome to the C3 Auckland podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, head to c3church.org.nz. We hope you enjoy this message. And my message is entitled, The Power of Kindness. And the overarching theme of the message is this, that as the church practices kindness through missions, we can be part of seeing God's mission fulfilled on earth, which is lost people getting saved. And our scripture for reference here this morning is Romans 2.4, and it says this, Or do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? And a little bit of context around this passage. Paul is writing to the Jewish people, the religious people of his time, the people that were there to be light bearers, the people that were called to be set apart. And he's writing to them because they've got into this place where they're misusing and they're abusing God's great kindness. And they're in this place where they're, they're pulling off all unfair judgment upon people for sins that they themselves are doing. And they're beginning to repel people in some regards. They're repelling people because they're, they're not practicing what they're preaching and they're pouring out unfair judgment upon people. They're thinking that they can live lives in sin with no consequences. And all of us would know that obviously a judgmental spirit and not practicing what we preach isn't the greatest door opener to evangelizing or letting people know that God loves them. And so Paul is pushing back here. He's saying, no, 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 guys, you've got it all wrong. God's kindness isn't there to draw us away from God. It's there to do the complete opposite. It's not there to give us a license to to sin or pour judgment on people, but it's there to draw us in. It's there to lead us to repentance, to turn from the world's ways and start living for God. Because here's the thing, church. Once we've been captivated by that kindness, once we've surrendered to that kindness, once we've fallen in love with Jesus, we then become the carriers of that kindness to the world around us. We become the hands, the feet, and the mouthpiece of Christ called to carry that kindness to the world around us. And that's exactly why this morning I wanna talk about how we can practice that kindness through missions and the impact it can have on the people around us. And my first point here this morning is this. When the church carries Christ's kindness, it demonstrates the unconditional and incomprehensible love of God. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the unconditional, incomprehensible love that God the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, all-powerful, almighty God would love His creation so much that He would send His Son to die a criminal's death, not when we're righteous, not when we're pursuing Him or after Him, but while we were still sinners. That is a crazy love that we will never fathom or fully understand how far and wide it goes. But I can tell you this, church, as we practice kindness through missions, whether that's school lunches, scaffold meals, church plants, getting kids off the street in Cambodia, whatever it is, as we practice that, it makes that love make a whole lot more sense. Because people don't just need to hear how much God loves them. They need to see the practical outworking of the Father's love for them. 
And a lot of you out there watching today would know mine and Amy's testimony of how we found Christ. And if you don't know the full story, you can check that out on our C3 Auckland YouTube page. But I'm gonna share it real quick here. So me and Amy were real far from God. We had no interest whatsoever in God. We were immersed in the world's ways, drugs, alcohol, debt, dysfunction, the works, we were, we were part of it all. And in the midst of our dysfunction, my sister who lived a very similar life to us found Jesus. She came into this place, she had a radical encounter and got captivated by the love of God. But six months into her journey, she got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And 18 months later, I was by my sister's side as she left this earth to be with Jesus with her faith and her dignity intact. And in that moment, not only did I lose a friend and a sister, but I inherited a ready-made family of three. At 19 years old, Amy was, and 21, I was, we had three kids, three kids given to us, to a couple that had no idea how to live their own life. And I can say now, church, that things wouldn't have turned out well at all, but Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus that completely turned everything around. It was a Damascus moment. It was a radical encounter of the love of the Father, but I couldn't understand it. I couldn't comprehend it. But when I saw the church outworking the love of God through kindness and missions, that all made a whole lot more sense. From the scaffold meals that showed up on our doorstep, to the groceries which that showed up, to the, the, the Christmas presents that got donated to the kids, to the holidays that were paid for for us, not to mention the countless words of encouragement and life that were spoken over me and my family. That revealed God's love to me. That showed me how much God loved me. And in that, not only did it help lead us to that point of repentance, but it changed our lives and led us into our calling of planting and pastoring a church. And now to know that myself and Amy and our location get to be part of doing that very same thing for other people is a reward that surpasses any investment of money or of time that we have sacrificed. And that's exactly why we need to continue to invest in missions because it reveals the unconditional and incomprehensible love of God. My second point here this morning is that the ultimate outworking of kindness is someone's salvation. You know, we don't just do what we do for the sake of doing it. We don't just have missions initiatives because, you know, hey, it's a Christian thing to do or it makes us look good. No, we do it because we want people ultimately to start a relationship with Jesus. And we can never forget that. And the mind-boggling thing is that as we partner with missions, as we sow into missions, we can all be part of the greatest miracle taking place in someone's life. Because if I was to ask you this morning, church, what's the greatest miracle you've ever seen? Would it be a healing, a prophetic word? Maybe you've seen an angel, I don't know. These crazy things happen. We serve a God of miracles. But whatever it is, whatever manifestation of God's love and power you've experienced, no matter what signs and wonders you've seen, nothing compares to the miracle of salvation. When someone's life is far from God and they turn to Jesus, when someone is a sinner and they turn to Christ, when someone denies Christ and then falls in love with Jesus, that is the greatest miracle that can ever take place. And I'm telling you here this morning that as you invest in missions, you can be part of that miracle taking place in people's lives. How incredible is that? We can never forget the point. 
we can never forget the reality of why we do what we do. And as I was thinking about this, I had this random analogy pop into my head and I hope it's gonna make sense to you like it does to me. And I'm sure all the parents out there will understand, but it goes a little something like this. You buy your kid a present, right? You wrap it up, you're all excited to present it to them. You give it to them, they, they rip into that present, they open it up, they take the fancy toy out, they look at the toy, they sit it to the side and then two seconds later they're playing in the box. And you're like, what is going on here? Like, kid, the value's not in the box, the value's in the toy, right? Like, what's wrong with you? And suddenly your joy is turned to frustration because they're missing the point. What does this have to do with what I'm talking about? I'm gonna tell you. The value is in someone turning to Christ. You know, it's not, the value isn't in the exchange of money. The value isn't in the exchange of a service. It's what those things buy for us, which is an opportunity to be a witness for Christ, to lead someone to Christ. And we can never forget that or take that for granted. My third point here is there is power in multiple expressions of Christ's love. And what I mean by that is we're very blessed as a church to have multiple missions initiatives, multiple, multiple ones. And each one is an expression of Christ's love. And each expression of Christ's love can lead someone one step closer to a relationship with Jesus. And I wanna share with you a bit of a testimony about how I've seen those missions initiatives, not just work on their own, but work in conjunction with one another to see someone's lives impacted with the gospel. And this happened, or it would have been a year or two ago. Um, I was heading out for lunch with Pastor Scott and Stu, and we're heading up the road in Ellerslie, and I walked past this guy who's asking for money outside the bank. And as soon as I went to walk past him, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, just giving me that nudging, like, you know, something's gonna take place here. Anyway, I went and had lunch, and as I was coming back, by the time I get close to him, I know that I need to talk to this guy. I know in my heart I need a witness to this guy. So I head into the dairy, I buy a couple of drinks, I sit down to him, I say, bro, you're thirsty, you know, what's your story? And he begins to share with me that he had no money to feed himself or his family, that he lived out in Monaco, but he was coming up to Ellerslie because the people were more generous there. And it was heartbreaking because he was sharing with me that he had been um, trapped in alcohol addiction and that he just couldn't break free. And at this point, I began to witness to him. I began to share the good news of the gospel with him. And then I asked if I could pray with him. And in this moment, he encountered the Holy Spirit. Like he jumped up shaking like, what is this? What's going on? And right in that moment, I felt the Lord say to me to tell him that he had a mantle for youth leadership on his life. And I stepped out in faith and I told him about this and he began to weep. And, and I asked him why he's crying. And he said many years ago, he had walked into a church and the pastor had pulled him up saying that he had a mantle for youth leadership and that he was gonna stop young people going to prison like he had. It was a really cool moment, but it didn't stop there. I grabbed his details. I headed back to church. I grabbed Jackie. We went and we sent him all the scaffold meals and shopping and nappies for all his family to bless him. Three days later, I followed him up. He, he mentioned that it was his partner's birthday and he had no money to, to support her. So we sent cakes and we sent treats around there to just absolutely bless them. And it didn't stop there either. A couple of days later, I ring him up. I invite him to church out at Monaco. 
And he says, oh, he's got no money, he's got no gas, and he doesn't know anyone there. I said, I can fix that. I said, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna drive from Albany, I'm gonna put gas in your car, and then we're gonna go to Monaco. And that's exactly what we did. I met him out at Monaco, put gas in his car. In the midst of worship, his partner who came in on crutches walked out with no crutches. She got completely healed in the worship. And not only that, but this couple at the end, when they got an opportunity to receive Jesus, both walked up on the front, repented and surrendered their lives to Jesus. How incredible is that? Come on, let's give God some praise wherever you're at right now. And you've got to understand that all these things have worked in conjunction to lead that person to the moment of repentance. You know, that initial act of kindness opened the doorway for him to be receptive of the message. That personal evangelism let him know that God loved him and was pursuing him and allowed him to encounter the Holy Spirit. Those groceries and those treats were an outworking of the Father's love. That cake was an outworking of the Father's love. That petrol was an outworking of the Father's love. And being able to walk into the Monaco location and get healed and receive Jesus was only because of our campaigns to plant churches and buy buildings. This is the power of unity and multiple expressions of God's love. And that's why we can never settle for where we're at. We can never be content with how many expressions we've got now. We need to strive for more. We can never be content with just 50 meals going out or 50 kids getting off the street or 50 church plants or whatever it might be. We've got to strive for more until Jesus either returns or this nation and the one we support gets saved. My final point here is be obedient and trust God. Because I know there's gonna be people watching right now and they're gonna be saying, whoa, 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 just wait a minute, pastor. I've done all those things. I'm kind, I'm generous. I sow into missions year in, year out. And I've never seen anything happen like that. I've never seen those sorts of fruits. And my response to you would be, that's okay. Because not every expression of love, not every act of kindness, not every seed sown, not every, every dollar sown into missions initiatives is gonna produce the fruit that you want it to produce in the time frame you want it to happen. And in all honesty, we will never know the true impact of what we invest until we're in heaven with Christ. But until then, our job as Christians, is to be obedient and trust God, to do what He's called us to do and know that whatever happens, that every seed sown, every dollar given in the name of Jesus will result in kingdom eternal fruit being produced. 1 Corinthians 3.6 says this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. It's God that produces the kingdom fruit. It's God that does the saving and it's Christ that is ultimately building His church. And our job is simply be obedient and trust, not be obedient and then try and orchestrate the outcome. Things won't always work out how you want, but that's okay because Christ is in control and He is building His church through the obedience of His people. And I'm gonna get real transparent with you now, church, and if I was a wise preacher, I probably wouldn't, but I know you appreciate it. But this story in regards to this, this person that came through the missions, Tama, I don't know where he's at right now. 
I don't know if he's still following Jesus. My hope and my prayer is that he's still pursuing Christ, that he's still going after the calling that God has for him. But I can't be certain of that. But what I can be certain about, that as a church, we did our best. And what I can be more certain about is that what Christ started in his life, Christ can bring to completion. Philippians 1.6 says this, And I am certain that God, who begun the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What Christ started, He will finish. So never be discouraged, never give up, never lose heart. Continue to sow, continue to be generous, continue to be in faith and believe that what we're doing is gonna impact the kingdom. It's gonna bring the kingdom here on earth. And in, in saying that, church, I do wanna give a personal invitation to next weekend. You know, whatever location you're from, whether you've been with us five minutes or 50 years, I wanna ask you to gather with us next weekend, whether that's online or whether that's in person. I'm calling you to show up in faith with a spirit of generosity and unity so we can sow in to missions in this place, so that we can reach more people with the love and kindness of Jesus and so we can solve more problems in our nation and beyond. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more about our church or to find out what's coming up, check out c3church.org.nz.